Welcome to Bench Talk. My name is Sharon Kosi. Today we have an absolutely special podcast episode. This one is a delight. In honor of Mental Health Awareness Week and in line with the theme for the year 2021, today we'll be dedicating this episode to nature and the impact of nature on mental health. Another special treat for this episode is Dr. Ruth from Friendship Bench will be leading the discussion today. Sit back and enjoy. We can get into that now. Okay, cool. Okay, then I'll start now. Okay. Hello, everybody. I would like to welcome you to our CKT Garden podcast and today Mm -hmm. I have with me Linda and Sabine and my name is Ruth and I will ask everybody to just tell a little bit about yourself. Linda, let's start with you. (laughs) So my name is Linda Gabriel and I'm a spoken word artist who's now uh, practicing uh, permaculture with the idea of making communities being food secure, exciting things of growing food and going back to indigenous knowledge systems. Yeah. That's fantastic. Thank you, Linda. And I have forgotten to say that Linda and I are both in Harare in Zimbabwe, and we're super excited to have Sabine Zelna from Berlin joining us. Sabine, can you tell us a little bit about you? Hi, everybody. Happy to be um, invited and to talk to you today. Uh, so my name is Sabina. I'm a landscape architect and a permaculture designer. I've been born and raised in East Germany and then living and working in several countries slash continents like Norway, New Zealand, Australia, Zimbabwe, and then um, uh, been practicing landscape architecture for the past um, 16 years on small and large scale projects um, in very different environments like, um, you know, in the urban and countryside and cities and so on and so on, uh, working for various offices as well as running my own business in residential garden design. Um, I came across 2011 um, while living in Australia um, across permaculture and um, became a permaculture designer and then since been involved very actively in urban gardening projects, permaculture projects, and so on. Wow, thank you so much. So I am so excited to sit here with Linda and Sabina. And I remember once Linda saying to me that she learned a lot from Sabina. And and I remember meeting Sabina a long, long time ago here in Zimbabwe. And I'm also originally from Germany, but from West Germany. So that's the difference between Bean and I. Um, and nevertheless, I would like us to quickly just intro Linda. What is your favorite plant? Well, I'm so much in love with uh, calendula. And I actually got the seeds uh, from Sabina in July 2019. And it's been amazing just having them at home because now I make infused oil for my hands because I have eczema and I also use it in my cooking. So it's been really beautiful. Thank you, Sabina, for the seeds. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy that those seeds are traveling or been traveling to Zim and then now blooming there. That's so nice. Sabine, what is your favorite plant? 
Right. So my um, current very, very favorite, favorite plant is yarrow uh, because it has got um, medicinal and partly um, edible plant um, parts. It's extremely bee and insect friendly and also got a really beautiful and um, distinctive aromatic smell. Um, for food, you can use it like in the salad uh, medicinally if you've got stomach issues um, and then for beauty, you can do facial treatments with it. So that is my 2000 and no, yeah, 2021 <laughs> favorite plant. Fantastic. Thank you. I am sometimes a bit homesick and I would still say my favorite plant is actually a tree and it's the birch tree. And oh. I'm not, I'm sure it has some kind of medicinal and beauty properties that I'm not aware of. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So um, why are we doing this podcast? So first of all, the month of May is Mental Health and Nature Month. And we are coming together under the umbrella of the Friendship Bench organization. And Friendship Bench is a program originating from Zimbabwe. By now we are in several other countries and our aim is to treat the treatment, I mean to bridge the treatment gap for mental health disorders and specifically common mental health disorders such as depression and anxiety. Friendship Bench, and please go and look at our website www.friendshipbenchzimbabwe.org you will see all sorts of information about mental health in general and what we're doing we are working in a way that's called task shifting that means we're working with lay people because we have a huge lack of mental health professionals in our setting and not only in Zimbabwe but in many other low and middle income countries and we have figured if people cannot go to a clinical psychologist or a psychiatrist or a clinical social worker. We have to generate some kind of other form of giving hope and help to people. And this is where the Friendship Bench comes in. Now, you have heard me in the beginning talk about CKT Garden. And CKT Garden is an initiative that Sabine and Linda helped tremendously with that is supporting the Friendship Bench intervention. Part of the Friendship Bench is counseling and the other part is being part of a group support, a peer-led group support. And as we're living in a low-income country here in Zimbabwe, a lot of people deal with poverty and often transgenerational poverty and what we felt needs to happen is to offer besides the psychological group support a income generation option and we started out with with working with recycled plastic and creating bags and some groups are still doing that and then we felt we also have to work on nutrition and that's where we are. We actually have managed to pilot a first group in a primary healthcare clinic here in Harare. And I just would love to ask Linda a little bit, because you were helping us a lot to develop this concept and how to do it. Can you remember how we first started and what you then came up with? Oh, I remember we sat on one of the French French benches here at uh, at the Milton Park offices, and we're trying to see couldn't we then explore food gardening as a form of therapy, but at the same time, 
also providing uh, a bit of food for your own home. Because I think one of the challenges that we're sitting with in Zimbabwe uh, is uh, poverty, which then leads to malnutrition because many families cannot even afford uh, three meals. And with a lot of unemployment going on in the country, you're rather better off uh, growing some of your own food if you can. And if you cannot do it on your own, in your own backyard, then collectively, hence uh, our first project at the Glenview Polyclinic, where we are working with um, community health workers, Vanagogo uh, Utano, to come up and uh, create a food garden at the polyclinic, which serves as food for themselves, the women who are working the garden, but collectively sharing, sharing the food with uh, the clinic staff. Exactly. And that was really, really interesting. And I remember um, visiting Zabina in Berlin and she took me to one of the urban gardening projects there. And we even had lunch there. It was amazing because it was like a place. Zabina, I'm, I'm going to ask you about it just now. I knew they grew vegetables. And then right away, there was somebody who was preparing meals for this. It was absolutely stunning. Zabina, can you enlighten us a little bit about this whole urban gardening movement? Um you mean like the 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 historical background or the actual um, modern style uh, urban gardening because there is you know urban gardens been around for for thousands of years and on, um for for certain reasons um and so do we want to dig into and this is now probably something you could need to cut out do we want to dig into this urban gardening background up to the day now or you are the specialist. What do you think? What is more interesting? <laughs> About the, the people growing food for themselves. And then I came into going back this whole idea of urban gardening. Okay. All right. I'm starting now. So Zabina, I remember that I once visited you in Berlin and you took me to a community garden and they even had like a, like a little restaurant in it where the food was prepared right away. And I would just love to hear from you as, as being someone who's involved in this and has seen a lot of this happening and, like you said, different continents. What, 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 how do people do this urban gardening? Why do they do it, maybe even? And what do they, what do they need to start? Uh, many questions at once. So um, urban gardens or urban agriculture has been around for centuries. And uh, for different types of um, backgrounds, um, food security was the first, like the really initiative um, to start that, um, you know, back in Peru, um, for example, or Mesopotamian and so on and so on. So in our modern days, so basically in the 70s, um, urban agriculture just, you know, really had a um, a new, like a rebirth, a, like a current rebirth of People um, wanted to. It was had different backgrounds with social justice, environmental sustainability, and so on and so on. And and now with um, uh, in the nineties with food security, that also came into play. That people used vacant plots within the city to grow food, to come together, to connect, um, to talk about. Um, you know, urban sustainability, local food promotion kind of issues, um, and also health campaign uh, uh, um, campaigns, and 
with the densening of the cities, you have this, um, how do you call it? You have this social problem with, um, you know, drugs, crime, and so on and so on. And these uh, plots, which people then basically just, um, how do you call it, ca captured or what? Inherit, um, converted into farms. Converted into, into mm -hmm. farms. Um, mm -hmm. Then became the purpose of, for example, youth dropping in and finding something to do, you know, helping in the gardening, help building something. Um, some workshops, people can come and have their bicycles repaired for free or they get, um, someone shows them how to do it or uh, just learning how to bake again. They um, build natural baking ovens and these kind of things. So basically reconnecting with the traditional farm life kind of thing and having very um, finding finding a very different purposes why they go to these to these plots. That's great. And that's fantastic because it gives me a really good base to continue on as you speaking about connection and bringing people together and building communities. And that's exactly what Friendship Bench is also about. And here we want to link this idea of helping people with their mental health through gardening. And I'd love to hear Linda's opinion about what do you think? What, what is good in gardening for people's mental health? Well, I think um, we now, I now call it a tangible hope, you know, when you wake up and you've got something to look forward to that you can see. So if you're going to put seeds down and they emerge in seven or eight days, then when you start watering them and caring for them, I think that does something to your mind and well-being to, to be in that positive state of waiting, looking, nurturing, and at the end of the day, put that same seed in a plate at a home. And I think that contributes to some, some, some tranquilness within oneself. So where I was supposed to be, let's just say, think about, oh, where am I going to get my next penny for bread or what am I going to do with my children? Some of the time that we spend thinking in Kufungi Sesa, we are actually lessening that time in trying to get to do productive work. And for me, which goes on to, you know, an idle mind is a, is a troubled mind. So if I'm going to be working and... At the same time, no, where, is, where I'm putting my effort, it's also where I'm going to harvest or where I'm going to get something. I think it changes somebody else's mental state of things to actually say, instead of just stressing maybe for five minutes, in those five minutes, I'm actually working um, on, on gardening or on, on nature. And the minute we start doing the right things, we're then starting to attract your birds, your bees are starting to come in, birds chirping, you know, so there's something... That's so sort of transformational when you start working with the land. That's so beautiful how you said that. And it's interestingly enough, there's a lot of research being done on the effects of nature on mental health. And one study I was reading was talking about tree coverage and bird population <laughs> density. <laughs> and how both of those have massive positive effects on, on mental health outcomes. So um, especially around those anxiety, the perception of stress, depression. And so I, I can relate to what you're saying about people feel like they have a purpose. They are 
seeing tangible outcomes. Yes. Yeah, beautiful. What is, um, maybe quickly, Zabina, what would you say, what is what has grown in in a kind of developing, no, developed world, urban garden? What would people grow there eat most easily? Um, well, basically everything traditional, um, you know, fruit, vegetables and herbs. Um, we do have an oversupply on, on food here. So it's less about food security, um, but what they are focusing on is like organic growing methods, uh, no using, uh, no chemicals used, also on um, old uh, varieties and region regional species. species. Um, so going back to the roots of our grandparents, um, ancestors and so on. Um, yeah. Okay. That's great. And um, Linda, here in Zimbabwe, I mean, we also we know people are traditional gardeners here, right? I mean, a Zimbabwean is a farmer at heart, I would say. What are you trying to promote here? As you have said, it is a lot about nutrition and additional foods. I think the main challenge that uh, that that I've noticed since after uh, learning uh, about permaculture is we've just been focusing on the same kind of crop. So you know in Zimbabwe, each backyard will have one kale plant the, for, for years. Like my dad would be doing 36 years of growing kovo, 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 and spinach, spinach, spinach. So what we need to do right now is to introduce quite a wide variety of vegetables that aid to our nutrition for us to be able to start looking at um, improved nutrition and a balanced diet from just one backyard where you can start thinking of adding, what do I need to add? Do I need to add onions, licks, beetroot? You know, once we start looking at these things, whew, um, our vegetable gardens are very boring. You know, you just walk into your neighbor. So, so there's not even diversity between neighbors because if, each and every one of us only has spinach. We're not even improving our nutrition because then we have spinach, 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 spinach. So for me, that's quite, this is what has been interesting, but at the same time, having to learn that we can intercrop uh, three to four different plants in the same backyard. So whereas when we're just doing one uh, vegetables, we could then even add to three, four. So if you're going to add your onions, you're going to add your carrots, before you even know it, you have, you know, you have your kale, you have your carrots, you have your onions and you have your garlic, and that changes your relish when you serve it in the evening even if you are serving it with salsa and if, even if it's all vegetables but there's quite a variety that's being offered and the minute you then do herbal inclusion in your cooking it's also just does different things you're boosting your immune system on a daily basis just from the same backyard but just doing things differently yeah that's that's nice because we, again we're coming to that idea of strengthening a community i love how you mentioned the neighbor imagine if i plant beetroot and you have carrots and i need a carrot and i can give you a beetroot in exchange and exactly. we create create a whole bartering system in a way and supporting each other and and i think what we want to make happen is not only that nutritious base we want people to feel that they have this purpose and we also know from our friendship bench work that we have a lot of 
um, stress experienced by people of any age. Yes, we have said at the moment we're working with mostly female community health workers who offer the Friendship Bench Intervention, which is really, I haven't talked too much about it, but you can read up on it, but it's a program around problem-solving therapy. But we also know that young people are suffering a lot from, you mentioned kufungisisa, which is the, the Shona word for thinking too much, which is this, this term for common mental disorders, basically, the way we use it. And we want to bring them in and give them hope in a country that is deeply broken and deeply socioeconomically deprived of, of possibilities, basically, especially for young people. Um, so I'm just thinking, despite us coming from very different backgrounds, if I think of, like you said, Sabine in Berlin, it's different. It's not so much people need the food. It's more for the experience. It's more for the bringing back old species and old kind of vegetables that nobody wants to eat anymore and, and reliving them, basically, or reviving them, I should say. And for us really here, it's making people aware that there's so much more and they can live better and healthier lives despite being poverty-stricken in their own backyard, basically. Um, okay, Cheryl, I need, I need to check. Yeah, Sabine, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, um, well, the one thing is that when you grow multiple species at one little small plot, so basically you, you intensify the biodiversity. With that, you increasing the health of the soil because each plant or, or plant combination adds different um, nutritions and or, or minerals back to the soil, meaning you also uh, you need less um, fertilizer and less chemicals and all of that, um, which then means you have more in your pocket um, because you don't need to boost the um, artificially boost the soil, but you're growing a really healthy, rich soil. Um, and uh, it, it just helps everything all together, like in your, in your living conditions. Yeah, fantastic. So maybe and just quickly, Linda, you came here to the Friendship Inch House and you ran a whole training. So we had a we had a select group of community health workers and we were just joking about that. That was more than a year ago, just before the COVID restrictions hit us. And I remember laughter and, and happy faces and you explaining and talking and showing. Tell us a little bit about what the CKT gardening training turned out to be. So when, when we first did the first one in a, in a in a community where it's um low uh it's high density where also a number of people don't have a space that they own and um what, for me what what mattered most was we are bringing nutrition to a polyclinic where also health is supposed to start from. When we talk about nutrition, it also has to reflect, uh, especially on hospitals and clinics. And so this becomes um, something that when uh, a pregnant woman is coming to the clinic, it's easy to say, but this is what we are talking about by way of showing. And the most important thing has been when we first did the workshop in, uh, in Glenview, it was two weeks later when the first lockdown came. Two months down the line, uh, 
the health workers were giving us reports on how the guardians were doing and to present day the women have gone intensively wild about growing food there and they are telling us that they've been even able to make an extra income from selling the vegetables um, that they've been selling then from the second workshop that we did where we're showcasing just different things that could happen in different spaces here we're in milton park it's an office where we know some of the staff members have been eating vegetables from this garden. So right now, what we're simply saying that it's doable for communities, depending on class, depending on uh, the whether it's low density or high density, collectively, staff members could grow their own food from their own working space. Community members could come together and say, we are working on gardens in a space where they have water and access to land. So right now, if you're in Glenview and you don't have access to a piece of land, but you could collectively work with the women who are already working the garden, believe you me, there'll be a portion of space for you to actually say, at the end of the day, you can get a bunch of vegetables to take home to, you know? So for me, this come in as exciting things because after running or uh, working on a food gardening workshop, the best that can happen is workshop participants go back home and grow their own food. Mm. And that's that's exactly like starting a movement and having people who just join, you know, and I was just thinking if somebody Again, wherever wherever you are in the world, when you listen to this, of course, we want you to be inspired by exactly what Linda just said. We can we can do things together. We can join forces. We can find spaces, as Sabine has described in a mega city like Berlin. As as Linda has said, what we're doing here in the Friendship Bench House, or in a polyclinic in a suburb of Harare, and we say high density. That means there's a lot of people living. And I was just living there, and I was just thinking. Often one of the big obstacles in the definitely in the dry season is to bring water to to mm. the gardens, right? Mm. What's the solution there? It's it's also going back to being co working collectively because we have uh, institutions where the bowls have been donated. So you find clinics, you find schools, you find even at churches. So all these community spaces. So it's just a matter of now coming back together and saying as a school where we're not like right now with lockdown our students haven't been going to school full time but the guardians and the water are there which means collectively i mean hear me out on the issue of collectiveness uh for us to go far we need to go together and we need to go to, um yeah, as a bunch because it doesn't make sense that if i don't have water and they have land why can't we then come together and say collectively we grow vegetables together Clinic, clinic staff gets vegetables, women from the community and young people from the community. So for me, I'm, I, I want to see a space where we get to a kindergarten where there's a vegetable garden, a primary school where there's a vegetable garden, an office back here, there's a vegetable garden, open spaces within the city. You know, we had an incident earlier this year, soon after lockdown, they discover that somebody in the in the CBD in Harare, they had planted uh, some maize. I was like, this is beautiful. Somebody had grown maize, but you know, we're still thinking backwards that open spaces in the city, in the CBD cannot be grown food. But whereas imagine if every open space and, and the city also has best pipes where water is just running and flowing and hasn't been fixed for a very long time. So imagine 
if that tends to be a food garden, imagine if that's uh, an orchard for fruit trees. So um, I'm, I'm also, if you're listening, I'm saying, can we not rethink of where we can grow food? And the minute we have all these food points everywhere, believe you me, people won't go hungry and we won't even have people stealing food mm -hmm. because food is readily available in every open space. Mm -hmm. So this then speaks back to the issue of green cities turning um, all these open spaces uh, into food gardens. Mm -hmm. Yeah, wow, what a dream that you, we are all describing here. That's that's really yeah. beautiful. Well, it is that, you know, the community, uh, Linda, you've been talking about the community. It's not like when you when you come together in a in an open space, in a planted open space or a garden, and someone starts that, um, you actually get to know people on a different level. You will discover that um, you're in uh, your own individual um, abilities and um, how to say uh, skills. So pretty soon after starting just to grow things, you will exchange your skills because one is better in making tools or fixing tools. The other one might have, you know, um, access to water, but then they swap and exchange that, uh, that skill, that uh, ability for something else. And that is the beauty for me about community None of us has, has, uh, is able to do everything, but as a community, as a, you know, society, if we share things, if we exchange things, barter things, we come a lot further. Um, we go far. That is so wonderful. And I mean, on that note, I almost want to draw us to an end because I think this is again where we come to the mental health aspect of all of this. If we can learn to trust each other and feel with each other and allow to be empathetic with each other and listen carefully to what the other person is experiencing, then we will be a much happier bunch of people. Any last words from you, Linda? <laughs> if there's an open space anywhere, plant a seed, it will grow. And the good thing about it is if you put one seed in the ground, it never returns to you as one seed. So it gives you more. So if there's an open space, just put a seed, watch it grow and give it a little bit of some loving. Nice. Sabina, give us some last words. <laughs> well, I can nothing add to that. It was so beautifully said from Linda. Um, I would exactly say the same thing. Plant one seed, harvest more, and then share, get together. Um, just go for it. Just do it. Super. Well, I thank you both for spending this time with me and discussing this aspect of mental health and nature. Well, in our context, mental health and gardening. Keep looking at what Friendship Bench is doing. We continue to collaborate with both of you. And if anybody is interested in knowing more, we have a whole training manual and a tra an online training, which is in Shona at the moment, but I'm sure we can translate it into other languages easily. And we would love to hear back from you. Thank you all so much. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Welcome back to the end. Anyway, I really hope you enjoyed this episode. It was full of gems, I suppose. Full of sprinkles of green, light and fun. In honor of Mental Health Awareness Week, 
we decided to give you something on mental health awareness and nature from the experts themselves. And I truly hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Thanks for tuning in. Bye-bye. And have yourself a lovely day, a lovely night, and a lovely week.